Good morning. Good afternoon. Wherever you're joining from, welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast Live. It is Wednesday, the 14th of November, 2018. This is episode number 56, and I am your host, Edwin Frondozo. The Business Leadership Podcast Live is a call-in radio show where I speak to business leaders, subject matter experts, and thought leaders to discuss the latest innovations, current events, or best practices that will help you personally and professionally grow. This episode is brought to you by Slingshot VoIP, a leader in business voice AI technologies that help companies understand what the customers are saying when they are calling in. Happy hump day, everybody. Thank you again for taking the time to join us. I'm really excited to introduce my co-host today, a returning co-host uh, that is. Uh, his, his name is Mohammed Maxwell Hassan. Um, he's an amazing entrepreneur. He's a published Amazon author. He has two, he has two novellas. Um, and he's also the lead, um, the lead for TEDx Brampton, which is a, which is a public speaking event just North of the city. And he holds it at uh, Brampton city hall. So super excited to have him. And from our initial talks about, you know, about TEDx and how to land a TEDx thought, we, we, we thought, um, with some feedback and some conversations after the fact that I would love to have him back on the show to talk about how to give a memorable TEDx talk. So you do, you know, for example, you'll land a TEDx talk. And I know a lot of people in my network are talking about getting on it or they've done it. But how do you, you know, get over the butterflies and really give that TEDx talk, um, make it memorable? Um, so if you are joining us live, whether you're a public speaker, you know, or someone who's just thinking about, um, TEDx or even just really interested about it, please let us know uh, if, uh, let's just say hi, let us know where you're calling from or listening from. Join our conversation. If you have spoken on a TEDx stage, we would love for you to join a conversation to share your experience, share your journey, share share your story as well. Mohammed, happy Wednesday. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing wonderfully well, man. I can't say uh, super excited, but about the weather change. I don't know about the people around the world, but Oh, getting ready for winter. That's a bit of a problem, but it is what it is. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, winter here, for those who are tuning in, uh, we are in Toronto and it's getting around zero degrees, which is about 32 uh, Fahrenheit. And my daughter just still wants, she's two years old and she's <laughs> Mohammed. She just wants to wear her tights. And my <laughs> wife just is nuts crazy. So I can't even put her snow pants on just to at least to, anyways, I could talk about that all day. Cause that was my battle <laughs> this morning for the, so those who are listening in, who has a two year old daughter who could relate to, to the battles of dressing them up warmer and <laughs> just say what's up. Um, yeah, no, it's, it, it's definitely good, but let's just jump into it. Mohammed. I, I mean, I'm, I'm personally excited and really interested about this topic. Obviously you and I talk off, off air about this stuff and other things, obviously, but uh, can you, from your personal view, can you have? Do you have any examples of some memorable TEDx talks that that you've ex maybe experienced, or maybe that you watched uh, on a replay? Sure. Yeah. So the, I guess one way to open this conversation is to define what is a memorable TED talk, right? Mm -hmm. Or what is a memorable talk for that matter? So looking at that, I was saying, okay, well, what's a standardized way? of what it means to be memorable. So I said, let me just go to the Oxford Dictionary and see <laughs> what the word memorable means, right? Like that's yeah, probably one it. way to go. A lot of times, and I found it funny because a lot of times they say it's something worth remembering. And I was like, well, that's not <laughs> very helpful. We all have intuitive, an idea of what it means to be memorable. But the uh, 
another definition I came across, which is really cool. It says uh, something to call to mind. And in this day and age, especially in 2018, this information age is like you're on this constant barrage of information uh, as you're scrolling through your social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're constantly faced with information all the time. And the, um, and the uh, challenge for everyone is to get your attention. So likewise, why am I saying this is because when you're trying to give a talk, you're in this sea trying to compete with everyone else who's giving a talk, trying to figure out, okay, who wants to stand out and who wants to be forgotten? Mm-hmm. But when you're, when you're giving a talk that, um, that is memorable or what calls to mind, you want to be able to give a talk so that people immediately know what it is you're talking about, that it's simple to understand. And we can go more into those mechanics. But uh, to answer your earlier question about any kind of memorable ones, I'd say the first what calls to mind for me uh, is the most viewed TED Talk of all time. Uh, number one is by Sir Ken Robinson, Does Education Kill Creativity? Uh, I don't know if you've ever had an opportunity to take a look at that. Have you I seen think, I think I have seen that a while ago. It's It's been a uh, while, right? Yeah, exactly. It's been a yeah. while. So it's number one for a reason, I guess. Not only is it because of the longevity of the upload, but the content itself, it's constantly funny. Um, Sir Ken Robinson, he pokes things here and there. But uh, yeah, that's just one example of it. The, it's the most viewed one. We can dissect that and other ones as well. But yeah, there's... You know you know which one always comes back in my radar, Mohammed, is the Simon Sinek one. Is the start oh, yeah. with why, and I've obviously, I've, I'm not obviously, but I've read his book, and but I think I got introduced to his book because of his TEDx. And do you think, um, and I mean, you, it sounded like you're familiar with it, and obviously watched it. What do you think from his talk made it really memorable for me? I mean, uh, because I know it was like just very to the point, right? And maybe he understood who was who the audience of TEDx is, right? Absolutely. I think part of it is the profoundness of his, the simplicity of his message, right? It start with why. And if you noticed what he does is he takes conventional wisdom or conventional thinking. Uh, I think it was the golden circle, right? That's uh, the topic that he was talking about. It's like, here's what we do. And then correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it. It's like, usually people like advertising companies, you start off with, here's what we do. And then here's how we do it. And then why we do it. And then he, so Simon, what he does is flips it on its head saying, no, start with why, like go backwards, start with why do we do this product or service? How do we do it? And then here's what it is. Buy it from us. So part of the memorability, I think that aha moment, right? And that's one of the keys to having a memorable talk is having that aha moment of saying, okay, taking it's almost like everything you've been told was a lie. And then here I come in with this revelation, with this truth, so to speak. And it's not and it's not like Simon was introducing a new concept per se, right? But what you're saying is like is like how he presented it and maybe how he spoke about it. Do you know, and maybe maybe it's something we, we could look up, but do you know, or if anyone's listening might know this, did he had the book out already, right? And then he did a TEDx. 
Not sure about the time frame. I'd have yeah, because that. that would be interesting in terms of like memorable TEDx, right? Like, is it was it time? Like, was it part of his launch strategy? Like, not to get yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. To that. like that's just something I I would geek out about. <laughs> but but uh, it would just be interesting because it almost was like that um, that preview that trailer of his book, right? And uh, and uh, maybe he's given that talk a long time, but but that that was probably was that a TEDx or just on the TEDx the TED stage? I think it was TED, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's let me. Yeah, I'd have to double check. But again, the difference for those listening who want to know the difference, like there's a difference between TED and TEDx, is that mm -hmm. TED is the official A list. I don't know people that are. I think it's TED, I believe. Yeah, it is TED. It has to be because I remember when I was uh, doing a TEDx and the X is meaning it's independent. So people from anybody who is an organizer from a different city can invite local speakers and whatnot. But TED is the official uh, go-to A-list, Bill Gates, Simon Sinek. And it's by invite as well, right? The TED stage. Right, yeah. That's yeah. the big league. Like You know you've made it when you went to TED, right? TEDx is on the other side. It's like, Okay, well, you have local organizers and, and but um, you get to share your story too. Yeah, so I looked it up. His his book actually start with why it was published in two thousand nine, and I think his uh, his TED talk was in two thousand fourteen. So it's really interesting. It's been a while, so he's dived into it and um, he and can speak with more authority about it because he's like, okay, here's I published this book. Here's what I learned, and I think the five year gap. Uh, between the book he published and the TED talk, you had more insights to say. So, no, it's interesting. If you are just joining us now, what we're talking about is how, what makes or or how to give a memorable TEDx talk, or even particularly, we're actually sharing some of our our favorite memorable TEDx talks. So, if you are joining us live or on the replay, let us know what's what's your favorite TEDx talk uh, that you listen to or maybe remember. Uh, when you're talking with people in your circles. Um, I know we were talking about some of the ingredients, uh, Mohammed, or even just really super high level. So do you have, when you look into this or when you're talking to people pitching type of events or coaching them, do you have specific ingredients that, that really help them frame a memorable TEDx talk? Yeah, absolutely. There's a few tactics I can share. Uh, for starters, there's a, a good way to be remembered and there's a bad way to be remembered, <laughs> right? I guess uh, <laughs> so you can be memorable either way. You know, they say bad publicity is like is better than no publicity, but sometimes that can backfire severely. Right, uh, right, of course. I was, I was just thinking of an example. And again, sometimes I guess the first tool I'd offer is to say like, you don't have to think big to make it memorable. You can do sometimes the smallest things and it can make a dramatic difference, right? The devil's in the details, as they say. Mm -hmm. uh, so let me give you an example, Edwin. So imagine you are called to give a PowerPoint presentation inside a boardroom in front of Fortune 500 company CEOs, okay? You're walking in that boardroom, okay? You're sweating, <laughs> uh, nobody's business. And then you, you walk into the room and you see these uh, multi-billion dollar CEOs just staring at you. And yeah. they're all... In their suits and everything, you're booting up your laptop. I dreamt about and, this already. Oh uh, yeah, and then, and then, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just gonna keep going. Yeah, yeah. So then uh, you imagine you're sitting there, or you're about to give that presentation. You boot up the laptop. Your first slide is on. Everyone's eyes are on you, and then 
you start doing jumping jacks for no reason at all. You just start doing jumping jacks before you give the presentation. Now, you tell me, Edwin, what do you think is going through the mind of the CEOs of that meeting? What do you think they would think of, at least initially of you, when you're starting to do jumping jacks? Just be like, WTF. What is going on? Am I in the right room or is this guy in the right room? Like, what is happening? Who's who's recording this right now? Yes, exactly. Now, you tell me, do you think they're going to remember you? Oh, they'll definitely remember me. I I feel like I've done something like this before, too. But maybe maybe not to Fortune 500 uh, CEOs. But but you see, the point is is that, like, you don't have to do something. Like, they'll remember you. They'll probably know you as a jumping jack guy. Hey, you're – I know you, Edwin. Unless if you're – unless if you really turn on people's heads, connect the jumping jacks to something really profound, then then it can work to your advantage. But sometimes if you do it without connecting it to a profound message – They'd be like, "What's this? You're not in the right. This is the right." Like you said, see, like it's it's the you business see the, setting, the right spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So that's have an you, example, right? Yeah. Have you seen something like that before in your experience? Oh, I, <laughs> no, I can't say this from personal experience or anything like that. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, oh, I, I will say this. I remember in the 2015 Toastmasters um, final or the winner mm-hmm. uh, is that the guy he pulls out a cigarette. Before he speaks, okay, he pulls out a cigarette, starts lighting it in the middle of the crowd. And then he's looking around, everybody's like, what? What's the problem, right? And then he continues his speech. But that cigarette, that's what started it off, right? That's the memorable moment because who expects to be smoking A inside a building, right? Before you even talk, don't give any context. But it's moments like that, these little things that can really draw people's attention. And that's the thing, right? When you're giving a memorable talk, you want to be able to call to something simple. And that will be my second tactic I want to share is with you. It's like, don't, you know how I said before that, um, or I mentioned before, I shared before about having a statement or a mission statement or your tagline that's 10 words or less. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Part of that is to make a foundational phrase. I, I was just actually, just last week, I was at a workshop about okay. So that's the fr- the um, the phrase that they use to describe this like statement is a foundational phrase. Like if you want to build a house or a building, you need to start with what the foundation. If you don't have a basement or you don't have the foundation set in place, what's happening? Your building is going to collapse. Same thing with your speech. If you don't have a foundation in your speech, a phrase that's like ten words or less it's going to collapse. You're not going to like your audience is going to, you're going to go left. Maybe your audience is going to go right. You're like, I don't know where I'm going with this. So having that foundational phrase is what's going to make it simple. And that's why Simon Sinek, part of why his uh, speech is so memorable because it's so simple. Oh my gosh. I got to just start with why that's all I got to say. And it's not easy, right? That's the thing. It's deceptively simple. It's Mm -hmm. not, it's not, it may appear simple, but once you really unravel the layers and you like really dissect it and sit down and be like, wow, maybe I really don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing. I can't tell you because I, I graduated from University of Toronto and I remember I was exposed to these kind of TED Talks in my second or third year. Yeah. And I was like talking to students. I said, you know, because there's life outside of these walls and you know outside of this bubble of university of the education system and i can't tell you i I decided to put it to the test for myself 
Mm-hmm. I, I asked some of my peers and I'm telling them, I'm saying, hey, uh, why are you in this program? Or why are you doing this project? Or what's and the answers I got, believe it or not, were like, but they were very superficial. I'm just doing it so I can pass. I'm just doing it so I can do this. I'm like, well, isn't there more to it than that? Right? Like, and then you take that, apply the same concept to um, businesses, same idea. But again, you want to be able to, when you want to have that memorable moment, that aha moment, you want to make it so simple that people can digest it almost like a motto or a phrase why do you think twitter hashtags are so short the ones that catch on right, right. it's true i mean everything is simply you entice an emotion and people could relate to it it's 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 pretty it's pretty like i i like i like not that i study it but i'm so fascinated by these these memorable talkers and and it's something that maybe maybe i i, I recently you know, started realizing, Mohammed, and maybe get your insight on that. It's like, like you said, like Simon Sinek for, for, for as an example is, you know, they make it look so simple, but we don't actually know the work they put in behind it to actually get it to memorable. Right. And and then maybe it's, it's something to say to folks who are thinking about doing a TEDx speech is you got to really know your craft or at least know your topic. And uh, so you could deliver it, not only memorable, but simple, um, bite size information that people will remember. Like, what's the one thing that you know they, you want them to remember when they when they forget you or when they leave the room? For example, not forget you. <laughs> it's like like you said earlier. Like, if I did jumping jacks and that's all they remembered me for, yeah, it's great, it's memorable. But I didn't teach anyone anything, or no one really went away from my talk, right? Right. So exactly. it's, it's really interesting. So if you're just joining us, what we're talking about is you know. TEDx talks, making it memorable, some of the ingredients that uh, that that make it more memorable, and, and keeping things simple, being mem- doing things that are different, and, and going from there. Um, any other ingredients that you? I know you you went to one and two at this point. Did you have anything else as well, Mohammed? Yeah, sure. I think you touched on it. The word emotion. Oh my gosh, that's so important. Have you ever been to a talk where it feels soulless, almost like a robot, like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably on. I'm probably on my phone already. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. I stopped listening. Exactly. Right, like uh, exactly. a, I got disengaged. V, it's just like, well, why am I here again? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. What but are I they talking talk- about again? What are they talking about? Like it's 100%, and then you, it's like you're forgotten, like there, right? And if you don't capture someone's attention, at least in the first five seconds, I would argue, wow. or even three seconds, right? Like just start with a bang, like oh my gosh. Like you can start this off so many different ways. You tell a story in the beginning. You Light a cigarette, a, you said. Yeah, like a, a cigarette, you tell a life-provoking, uh, um, I mean, a thought-provoking question. Mm-hmm. You can talk about, you can act out a scene, right? Be theatrical with it a little. Um, you can do a movement like jumping jacks, things. You see, there's so many different ways to grab people's attention in the beginning. But the ingredient is making the... Um, making the speech emotional so I can connect to you. We're human beings, right? We're not human robots or I know there's androids like, and stuff like that. But for a human being is that we want to connect with you as a speaker on not only a intellectual level, like you have something you want to share, but you also want to connect emotionally as well. Uh, have you ever noticed that there are some, pe- some people when they're so passionate about a speech, it's like, boy, like they don't even need to prepare it. Like it's, 
it's like at the back of their hand that they can talk about this thing for hours on end. And, and let's just say they're a stamp collector, like nothing against stamp collectors example, mm-hmm. but for a lot of individuals, they might say, well, it's not really my thing. Right. But for this, if you see a person who's really into collecting stamps, they know the ins and outs, totally knowing the details of it. And they're so passionate about it. And they tell a story about how they got into it and why they do it. Would you not be more inclined to say, Hey, you know, maybe this person's onto something or, I can relate to this person at least at this level, right? You want to be able to, because sometimes here's what I found when it comes to memorability and speeches in general, Mm -hmm. even in, even I'm not knocking on any teachers. This also happens in the, in the world of academia is that sometimes when you're in the wrong place, like with the wrong topic, then that's everything just collapses right there. It's, it's like not meant for you. You know what I mean? Sometimes if I was to talk about something like, I don't know, for me personally, if I was to talk about hardware mm-hmm. of a computer and like it just, yeah, I can appreciate it, but it's not really me. You know, it's not something that I would talk about endlessly and give a TED talk about it or any sort of lecture for that matter. But I find that a lot of the individuals who are in a position to give speeches sometimes the topic just doesn't suit them right it just it doesn't come off well or maybe they think others would respect them more or others would um so let me let me yeah no let me ask you this and this is this is what i was just thinking of as you were talking about this is a lot of people you know they do public speaking or they're doing presentations and it's boring as hell but they're an expert in that field. But I guess what what I'm hearing you say is they may not be passionate about that topic. Yes, it's their job. Yes, they're an expert in it. But maybe they're not delivering it because they're not passionate about it, right? Is, is that safe to say? That could be one thing, right? You could be an expert. You can have a PhD in something and not like it. it and it all boils down to, again, go back to – I guess Simon's like the name of the game here today. It's like his uh, start with why. Why are you doing this in the first place? Why are you an expert in X, Y, Z, Y? Yeah. If, if you say, you know what, growing up, like then here's a story, right? Here it comes in. And, you know, For example, you know Kobe Bryant, right? He recently published a book, Mamba Mentality. Mm-hmm. And in it, this guy is just the definition of dedication, Growing up, I, you know, growing up, I was surrounded by basketball and just day in and day out as a child. And then growing up to, you know, he grew up in Italy and he slept with a basketball. You know that? Like he actually, that's to the point of obsession of saying, I can't stop thinking about it. Sleeping, but like putting it beside his bed. <laughs> I'm serious. Like taking naps, dreaming about this thing and ask him, say, Kobe, why are you doing this? Why are you so into this game? And he'd tell you, he'd say, like, this is who I am as a person. This is just who I am. He identified and he gave it his all 100%. Uh, And so for those who are experts in a field, but let's say aren't necessarily. And the other thing as well is to keep in mind is the appropriate, if it's appropriate to deliver a talk uh, towards a certain audience, right? If you're giving a TEDx talk, the the audience you got to be thinking about is not just limited to the people in the event at the event itself, uh, you got to be thinking worldwide. You got to be thinking about people who are could potentially watch it on YouTube or uh, online, right? So sometimes, if I'm an expert in something so niche or nuanced, 
I'm so nuanced in this field and I got to think to myself, okay, who's my audience here? Um, sometimes it's the wrong, people can get the wrong impression because it's not the same. You see what I'm saying? Like, you know, if you're in your own academic circles, you can talk about this stuff for hours, but let's just say for someone outside, like in the general public, doesn't, doesn't translate very well. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, for me, I mean, a topic I would probably super passionate topic like um, that uh, that's not related to business leadership, but it is related to um, to dedication or, you know, bettering yourself. Um, I, before I before I answer that, uh, before I go on, if you're just joining us, you know, what we're talking about is delivering memorable talks, TEDx talks, speeches, uh, conversations, whatever it is. Um, so if you have any questions, uh Probably another five ten minutes left in the show. Would love to address it. And if you're listening in on the replay, um, love to hear from you. Let us know how what you thought about this show. But for me, I know I always talk about outside of like the content that I put out there now. Muhammad is like yeah. being being a new father. Like I have a two year old daughter. And I, I I said at the top of that, like I could probably talk for days right now. And and really passionate about it. Really intrigued by small humans. <laughs> how they grow and how they learn and how you know trying to understand how they view the world because i'm so far removed from that world right i, I read books again and how you communicate with a two-year-old and it's funny because as i learn it and i understand how kid you know what they may be feeling you know i'm not an i'm not like a phd i never studied human relations or two-year-old toddlers but you know i'm, I'm trusting on the books i've read yeah and, and it's really interesting and, and I share it and I share it how you do communications. I share it on my Facebook group. I, I share things like that. Other things is like training for a marathon. I talk about, I've done speeches on marathons and how it, you know, how, how I, you know, how you get the discipline to, to train and put your mind into it and, and how you, you know, that translates into that. So would those be, I mean, I don't know if that'd be a memorable speech. It would be how I delivered it. Right. Absolutely. I mean, but oh. The topics, the topics could, you know, being a parent, you're hitting a lot of the world, right? Like, okay. if you're not a parent, you have a parent. <laughs> like, exactly. So, uh, it's, uh, I, I think that, you know, just, I just want to bring it back in terms of topics where you're talking about super niche stuff. You know, I, uh, I have a, I have a telco company called Slingshot. I mean, I could talk about telecom all day, but it's probably not going to be memorable in TEDx. Could be. It depends on how you frame it. But before I continue, I see a comment. It was seven minutes ago. I just saw it now uh, by Free Circle Three. It says, "Okay, okay, that's really neat." You know, thanks again for sharing that yeah, comment. Yeah, for there. sure. I appreciate oh. that. Um, so going back to again, I think we talked about this before in your in the earlier one about being a father. It's about how you frame it, right? You gotta being a father is definitely you can. Oh my gosh, that's a that's not a that's not a cultural thing that's not a religious thing that's not a ideological thing like this is a human thing right that you're talking about so anyone and everyone this is just everyone can relate to at least a, to a certain degree uh, regardless of whatever corner of the world you're from um but it, when it comes to telecommunications sh you know there was a ted talk about flags right no so, way. So, so what i'm saying is like it's not about it's not about the see it's not about the topic itself that's the problem it's about how you wrap it up and present it is is the problem for a lot of folks of course how, how am i supposed to like how can the the best 
individuals or who, who, who mastered the art of presenting and making things memorable is thinking, how can I take this super complicated subject and distill it down to bite size? Why do you think shows like Dr. Oz is so popular or Dr. Phil? Yeah, it's right? true. It's, they take these, again, criticisms aside, they have this, what, half an hour slot or whatever hour slot on YouTube. It's like bite-sized portions. They're thinking, mm-hmm. how do I take this massive complicated thing and distill it down so that anyone can understand it right 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 it's true and so even if you want to use the litmus test of saying well again not insulting people's intelligence but saying like if i was to talk about telecommunications as the example uh how can i explain this to a five-year-old right that's key that's that's the way you want to think about it right because uh five again not insulting like not using uh, certain terms it's just like you gotta you got to shrink it down. Like you got to say, all right, how am I going to present this? And I'm trying to think of another way, another tactic to use. I mean, we talked about, again, there's, there's a difference between don't strive to be memorable. You want to be memorable in the good way, not in the bad way. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could backfire big time. That, that could, that could carry with you beyond uh, your workplace, your role. People could, point fingers at you and label you, hey, you're the jumping jack guy or you're right, the exactly. guy or girl or whoever. Um, that's one thing. We also talked about emotions, right? We were human beings. Oh, yeah, okay. Here's the other tactic I wanted to share. Uh, a lot of people, again, including myself, I was training and stuff like that. So sometimes you, you kind of miss it is that sometimes we're so focused on the beginning that we forget the end. Mm-hmm. Like we're so focused on giving a... You know, as they say, the imp- uh, you don't get a second chance at a first impression. That's, that's right. True. You want to start off strong. The way you dress, the way you talk, the way you walk, the way you conduct yourself immediately from the beginning. If you start off strong, all right, great. You're on a good foot. And let's say in the middle as well, you, you, you have the meaty material and you put that all together. Fantastic. Now comes the end. Okay. And this is where a lot of people tend to say, okay, I'm done. Or so that's it, right? And it's just like, what is that? You took us on this amazing journey and then it's like an abrupt stop. Imagine, have you ever been on a bus? Mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. The, the driver just slams the brakes and they're like, okay, hey, here's your stop, right? See, See you later. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're going on this smooth ride. Everyone's happy and you're good and you're cracking jokes. Maybe some tears were shed and you went on this journey and then suddenly... All right, here you go. Or a movie, right? You watch a movie. Oh, it's so great. I laughed here. I cried here. And suddenly the screen turns black. How do you feel? Like, what's that? Right. So in psychology, I, I studied a bit of psychology. And one of the terms that we that, that was used uh, is the there's something called the primacy and recency effect, which means, I don't know if you're familiar with this, Evan, Edwin, um, but primacy is like you tend to remember the first thing you heard yes. and the last thing you heard, right? So the primacy and recency. So for the conclusion, oftentimes that's what people will remember the most. People think it's the intro, which could be, but the conclusion is like your final thoughts. And that's the last thing you're going to say. So most likely that's what people will take away from. Um, and you could leave them with a call to action as well at that point. Exactly. Yeah, that, I was going to say like, yeah, so call to action is something um, that's 
like that or maybe a thought for again a thought provoking question it could yeah. be something you can you can sandwich it you can have it in the beginning and then have it at the end maybe in the beginning it meant something and then you go through the middle and then after at the end you say that same question it complete and it takes on a completely different meaning yeah right that's, yeah. that's an effective way to do it so mm, um, sure. the conclusion is just as important as the intro no, that's amazing. Um, if you're just joining us live, uh, what we're talking about is really giving a memorable TEDx speak uh, with with Mohammed here. It's it's actually I'm I'm having fun talking about this Mohammed, and this is definitely a topic that even for me, as I you know I'm always in front of a stage, but I mean, being a host or having dialogues like this uh, on getdialogue.com. Shoutouts to Dialogue and the team, Kristen and the team. Um, is uh you know i forget how to really properly you know present sometimes <laughs> yeah I, yes i'm comfortable being in front of stages um but it's uh it's it's definitely an art right and it's something we can think about so as we wrap up muhammad i'd love it if you could share maybe a final top you know final tip you know for the emerging business leaders who are listening today maybe thinking to themselves you know i have this tedx talk or i have this speech or i have something that i want to really share to the world um you know what's that one tip you want want to instill in them today this is your this is your last tip that you gave like what what are you going to end with so don't share to impress like share to express oh so that's that's can you say that again <laughs> Don't share to impress, share to express. I love that. So sometimes a lot of people would think, oh, if I'm just, if I sound super smart, oh, that means I'll appeal to the intellectual. Or if I dumb the speech down, so to speak, well, then I can appeal to the this audience or this, that, and the other. If you're always trying to please people, you're never going to please everyone. You're going to, inevitably, you will always, like there's always have a, have critics, criticism and critique. So being authentic, that that's the true key to it. You know, people say, oh, be true to yourself. Yeah, and then you're happy-go-lucky. It's nice, but when you're authentic, like really you, you do these kind of um, trials or test drives, right? When you're giving presentations, see what works for you. For some people, they they're better off when they're more serious when they're talking. Some people could be better off by using body language more uh, frequently. Like, or some people are more comedic. You know, there's two kinds of comedy, or there's probably many versions, but there's the slapstick, you know, just walking around and you're, you know, using your body language and expressive that way. And then there's some that are witty. And when just their remarks by themselves, they are very, uh, very hilarious. So when you're sharing your message, whether it be a business owner, CEO, you're trying to inspire your team, whether you're on a stage, whether you're at a convention, whether you're at, you know, even among your friends, even if you want to post something, uh, don't share to impress, right? Share to express. You want to give a message, a thoughtful message. Um, and when it comes from the heart, it stays, right? Think of Martin Luther King. What is, what's his famous speech? Fill in the blank. I have a <laughs> exactly dream right so dream, that's yeah. so if he did he did he make people upset with that probably at the time but look at him now right like it's authentic it's true to what it was so yeah no this yeah. is great thank you for uh all your examples in the discussion today i mean like i said muhammad this is great um uh, it's always a pleasure having you um co-host uh 
the Business Leisure Podcast Live. Can you um, share with the listeners uh, where we could find more information about you, you know, the projects or, or things that you're working on or anything else you, you'd love to to get out today? Oh, sure thing. So my website, I'm if you I don't know, I tried typing in something last time and I don't know what happened with dialogue. Uh, so I'm hesitant to write the comments on the bottom. I'll just say it out loud. Uh, I'll write it. so my my website is M O H A M M E D M O H A Sorry? Yeah, uh, so Mohammed Maxwell, so my name. So M O H A M E D M A X W E L H A S A N dot com. This is long. I, I don't know. If I start a company something, that'd be great. And now I can shorten it down. But uh, <laughs> so Mohammed Maxwell, for now, it's just my name, Mohammed Maxwell Hassan dot com. You'll find all my other social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, feel free to connect. As, as a, with upcoming projects, uh, at least I'll say this that I'm in the process right now of bringing TEDx Brampton again next year, 2019, alongside other projects. They're under wraps right now, so I can't say too much. But come 2019, I, you know, expect a lot of big things, and so very cool. uh, super excited about that. And again, uh, you know, mentioned before about the authorship in the beginning. I wrote two books. They're novella. So for those of you who love fiction, um, you know, you, for those who love Stephen King, who love reading stories, just as leisure i wrote two books uh, one is about public speaking it's called can't escape and the other one's about homelessness which is called street star so that's kind of where i am right now again edwin it's been a huge honor and pleasure to be on the business podcast thank you so much for the opportunity to be here and share some insights for those listening or leaving comments by all means i'm more than happy to connect at any level uh, it's been amazing it's been phenomenal just seeing folks who are like-minded trying to better themselves every day and i consider myself a student as well i don't think there's a finish line it's always something new to improve on and and explore every step of the way so yeah. you know what i mean when, when it, whoever whoever it is right if you're giving a speech or a seminar there's always something to learn so super excited and pleased about that yeah, well thank you again it's absolutely pleasure thanks a lot mohammed and uh we'll talk to you soon we'll do yeah we should do this again sometime maybe if uh if there's any um how do I say it? Any sort of requests for future topics with this? I'm all open for yours. Awesome. Awesome. We'll talk soon. Well, all right. Take care, Edwin. This was the Business Leadership Podcast Live. Um, it's an almost daily show. It happens every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So be sure to catch us here on getdialogue.com. And if you haven't done so yet, please be sure to check out my podcast. It's called the Business Leadership Podcast, where I have exclusive interviews with business leaders to discuss their personal journey and experience uh, with business leadership. New episode drops every Tuesday. You could catch it on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And lastly, I did quickly mention it, so I thought I would really say it today, right now, is uh, I, I did recently launch a free private Facebook group it's called the Business Leadership Podcast Group. Um, so if you, if you have any thoughts, questions, comments about this episode or anything else, uh, come join me there. Um, have a nice community that's growing. You could I share daily insights, answer your questions, and also connect you with other like-minded uh, business leaders. But that's a wrap for today. Thank you again for spending your time with us. Um, happy Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. Edwin signing off.